Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast, episode number 16. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. We are here to talk about this episode of Desperate Housewives titled In a World Where Employers Were Kings or something or other. <laughs> In a world where kings, kings are are employers. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's not so hard. No, it's actually not as long as I thought it was. Welcome back, everybody. We are glad to be here on another Sunday evening sharing our initial thoughts and reactions to one of our favorite just sit back and enjoy television shows. You know, I, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it is really is a light and fun light. It's like light and fluffy and airy. And you think sometimes it can be even, even the super serious stuff on Desperate Housewives. It share it they, a, yeah. they share it in such a way that it's still light and fluffy, you know? I, I get you. I hear what you're I saying. I mean, even when it comes to just really weird, whacked out <laughs> stuff. I mean, I never come away from an episode of Desperate Housewives <laughs> thinking, you know, I need to go get a tissue so that my wife doesn't see the tears coming out of my eyes. Right. You know, because some kid's about ready to die or has just died or something. I mean... <laughs> have you ever have you ever cried at a Desperate Housewives episode? Maybe tears of joy, perhaps I don't know. But, I don't know. But there's never been one of those, you know, medical drama where they've basically just taken your heart and bashed it up against the wall and splattered it all over the place. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that happens on Desperate Housewives. See, and that's Maybe what, in it, the tornado. I think I cried. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen the tornado. You haven't episode. seen it yet. No. I have not. But you know what? I, I'm glad. I don't think it would be possible because they play that. I don't know what kind of music they play during. You know how shows have. Mm-hmm. They have an orchestra or whatever. They play music. There's like a theme music right. that goes in the background. The type of music that they have that... It's almost carnival style music. Okay. A little bit. And I just don't think you can have that be like that really dramatic. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Anyway. I get what you're saying. All right, good. I do. I do remember. Um, Emily says she sobbed when Rex died. Yes, I did not sob when Rex died, but I remember the sight of Britain. And I think that it really hit me recently when I watched it with you, when you were catching up on season one. Okay. Was the sight of Brie sitting back down to continue to polish her silver and yeah. then watching her break down. Yeah. See, see but see, those things. No, I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're without emotion because the show obviously in, evokes some emotion. But it's but it's still in a way that I know what to say. I, I, I feel somewhat at all times. I feel somewhat detached. Mm-hmm. From the show, okay, from the characters, right, in a good way, you know, yeah. in, in a healthy way, almost. Sometimes I think it's unhealthy how much we actually attach ourselves to the story that's being told in some of these other shows, and and how we can let them just suck us in, and right. it's like, and it's like, like private practice. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think I've, I, but with that show, I, I have become. Immune to Inti- it? No, intentionally detached. Yes. Like I go into it thinking 
have to keep my mind clear and and not be sucked in by what is going on here. Yeah. But but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, mean, I do. I I like that I can I can actually watch and enjoy the show, see somebody die and not like be, you know, ready to just like say, well, right. screw the rest of this evening. Well, I'm here's depressed. The, here, here's just a total tangent. Um, a tangent a on tangent. the Generally Speaking Production Network? <laughs> ah, imagine that. So yesterday, my mom and my uh, youngest sister came over for dinner. They did. My sister is 13 years old and really big into, you know, the MySpace and, and all these things. And so anyway, she was reading me. Or she was she wasn't actually reading it. She recited it to me. She had memorized it. This thing that's going around on MySpace about how, um, of course, it's it's not real. And um, <laughs> no, Joe, I did not make shepherd's pie. I made lasagna. <laughs> um, <clears throat> look, did you see that? That was a tangent to my tangent. Did okay. You, did you like that? No. <laughs> that's because you're not paying attention. <laughs> Just keep going. Anyway, so she was telling me the story about how um, this girl and this guy were on this date and the girl was breaking up with him because she just didn't feel the same. And um, he was getting upset and he handed her a note. And right as he handed her a note, they were hit by a drunk driver and he died. And when he read when the girl later read the note said, without your love, I will die. (laughs) And um Apparently, the thing going around with this chain letter is this: if this story, even make believe, doesn't touch your heart, then then you know you're heartless. And I looked at Aaron and I'm like, I'm sorry. I guess I'm heartless because that doesn't. I have I I have um, protected my emotions in such a way that it is very difficult for TV to touch me now. Okay. Did you follow all that? The, I, the tangent was to I, say that I, I just I just now checked right in. I just checked in to learn that I'm heartless. To heart, yeah, the heartless part. I'm totally with you right there. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but I nice. did. I Thank did. You. My batteries just did crap out on me on my uh, wireless mouth. So continue. And that is so much more important than me being heartless. Well, right? Now we have no control over the computer. Oh, so. bummer. Oh, bummer. So anyway. Um, Keep talking. It, it's it's very difficult. I mean, it has to be a really um, intense storyline for it to actually bring me oh, to sobs. Yeah, to okay. Tears. I see where you're going with this. I'm heartless. <laughs> that, heartless. That's where I'm going. Yeah, that was the whole point of the story. <laughs> Stephanie is heartless. That that's it. So the episode opened up with poor little MJ. Oh yeah, let's talk about this episode. All How about over, that? Puking all over Mama on her on her first, first day, day of work. work. Um. I I loved the voiceover in the beginning, talking about how to notice all the working moms. Yeah, you know they're the ones who are are rushing out the door, eating their breakfast, and um, but when they showed Susan, they the the voiceover was um they're they're the ones who who are riddled with guilt or you know right j- just strapped down with guilt, and I remember feeling that you do. Yeah, I mean, there were times when I really, really um, just beat myself up about the fact that I had to, to leave Megan. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, those it were was- not fun days. And, of course, recently we had been talking about the fact that, you know, to kind of make ends meet here, that that uh, there was an opportunity that either I was going to have to go out and get a, like a, just a second mm-hmm. job just to make ends meet until things pick up, um, you know, for us and... Uh, you had said, well, it doesn't make sense for you to go out and that you were going to get a job. 
I, the more that I think about it, the more I'm opposed to you going out and doing anything. But at the same time, it's I, still an option. It, well, it's no, I, I, I don't, I don't like to think it's an option. I know that we haven't talked about it, but I, I personally don't oh. like it being an option. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> well, you heard it from Cliff first, people. Well, the thing, <laughs> thing is, I just didn't like the idea of it. I remember what it was like for you and, and, and stuff like that. And, and that I, was only with one kid. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, I need you at home. You know, I I need my. You just don't like the idea of picking up the slack. <laughs> Whatever. I was just kidding. I'm just trying to see if you're paying attention to me. I am. Paying um, attention. I really feel like that mouse is getting, you know, more attention. Than more you. attention than me. Yeah, it is right now, and that's it's... because you put the batteries in backwards. No. Oh goodness. Good grief. I, I you know what? I'm wondering if it's not just everything right now. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, I I liked the voiceover. I really enjoyed that. And then the problem came when she tried to drop him off to Mike. Can I just say that I really didn't like Susan in I this episode? I know you didn't. I know you didn't. She, I, I, well, Susan, her character... Well, first of all, two things I want to say. Okay, I'm checking back in in spite of the fact that I have no control over my computer. Um, two things I want to say. This, over the past several episodes susan has become one of my least favorite characters right on desperate housewives okay. I, don't, I don't know if i've actually brought that up here in the in in recent discussions and talking about it but uh it it, it has a lot to do with with uh crazy wayne's world guy what was his mm-hmm. name jackson mm-hmm. you know a little action jackson you got me guy caught taking a drink while I you were talking i did catch you oh look at that i have uh, oh a red light i, I have a and and it and it went out. Yeah, I saw. Crap. <laughs> anyway, ah, Jackson. This? Jackson. So basically, there was the whole deal where she was, you know, just. She, I mean, obviously, she's been a a little bit of a, a, a scatterbrain, kind of in the same right. way that I am right here during the beginning of this yeah. episode. But um, she just the, some of the decisions she's made, some of the silly stuff. Breaking into the house last week was yeah. that was kind of stupid, and I recognize this as a TV show, and it's meant to be blah 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 funny, ah, but it's not, and, and it was kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And this week, getting all mad at at uh, Catherine, why? I've lived that. What I was the child. I've lived that. Yeah, but I mean, so where she has no right to be mad at Catherine. No, I don't think she is mad at Catherine. I think she's mad at Mike. And she's mad at herself She was mad for the fact that they're not still married. If you go back and listen to that episode again or watch that episode again, I think you'll see what I'm talking about where she said she's mad at Catherine. She's like, listen, you're just trying to get in closer with Mike. That is all about Susan's own insecurities. You think so? I absolutely think so. Okay. I absolutely think so. It is, it it is completely all about Susan in that I don't think that it has anything to do with Catherine. Catherine's just the one who is catching the blame. Okay. Why well, I, I I okay. I'm I'm not going to argue that point because it really isn't enough for it. But just to say, you know, it, how can she get so bad at Mike? The fact is, is Mike does work around the clock, and and you know, if quit threatening, you know, I don't know. I'm just what do you mean quit threatening? Threatening custody, court, 
All this well, other stuff. I don't stuff. think she was threatening. The, um, well, I mean, she did say that. But her point in the beginning was that Mike took her to court to fight for these custody agreement. And um, I can't go on unless you make eye contact. <laughs> I, I apologize to everyone listening to this, but without the eye contact, I really don't believe I'm being listened to. Okay. Sometimes, even with it, I don't believe I'm being listened to. <laughs> I'm thinking I just need some <laughs> aluminum foil, I think. <laughs> We're out. I'm sorry we'll to not, inform you of that. We will not be able to end this podcast. You do realize that, right? I do. This will... And we'll it, just go on and on, my friend. And after we're finished with this conversation, I was going to say how much I enjoy something about Terry Hatcher, and I won't be right. able to share that because now I have no control of my computer. Okay, well, keep fiddling with it. Just look up at me every now and then. Well, to fiddle with it, I need some aluminum foil from uh, upstairs. I don't have. Did you miss that part? I don't have any aluminum foil. I'm out right now. Oh well, then okay. Okay. Moving right along. All right. Um. She was bringing up the point that... Keep talking. Oh, my. He's under the table now. I just need you guys to know that he's under the table now. Here we go. She was bringing up the point that Mike had made such a big deal to take her to court to, to fight for this custody arrangement, blah, blah, blah. Do I need to take you back to have the judge describe to you what this means is what she was saying yes i remember that okay so i don't think she was saying she was going to she was threatening that was okay. a threat wasn't it she was threatening but i will tell you that my parents have been divorced since i was three years old yes there has been a custody arrangement since from the time i was three till i was 18 and got married and moved out okay okay in the beginning I lived with my mom. Right. And for seven years of that of that time, I lived with my mom. If my dad wanted to spend time with me, it was his responsibility to come pick me up. Right. If my dad did not pick me up, my dad did not see me. Right. The I see last what you're ten saying. years. The last ten years of that. Two of which I knew how to drive on my own. If my mom wanted to spend time with me. It was my mom's responsibility to pick us up. Gotcha. Us being myself and my brother. So girlfriend cannot come pick you girlfriend up. Girlfriend cannot come pick you up unless you, it is unless it is discussed and he and can't agreed upon. I understand he that. He can't do that. <coughs> I agree, but And in some you, cases if it's if it's physically written in the custody agreement that Mike has to pick him up, he's in contempt. Uh, I understand. Okay, okay. so let, let's bring this back. I mean, not that any of this really matters, but in this story. It does, because you were not liking Susan, and I think that well, she... Well, I, I don't like Susan. I think she's overreacting. I understand the in contempt. I understand the legal, the legality. Well, when I divorce this... you and get remarried, and our kids start start, you know, calling my new husband dad and showing him more love than you... You're going to know what Susan's going through right now. I understand that. And you're going to, wow, I was so wrong back then. Yes. <laughs> Although this is a little bit more of a unique situation. This isn't just any girlfriend. This isn't some new girl. This is somebody that she knows, 
She, I mean, I mean, I would, I would, I would totally understand that had this been somebody she doesn't trust or doesn't know, can't. But I mean, it's Catherine. I mean, it's it's a it's a close friend. It's somebody she's known for years. It's somebody, which is why Catherine should have never dated Mike in the first place. I understand. There's the girlfriend code. There's a girlfriend code. But what I'm saying is that Catherine, I mean. I, I don't know. I just I just think that she's overreacting. It's Catherine. I mean, come on. You just broke into the girl's house. I mean, and now right. and now you're I'm upset with her she because right. she's making your son a peony or a peony or whatever that thing's <laughs> called. A. I like when Susan says we don't eat prestigious cheeses here. We just eat good old fashioned American peanut butter. Gotcha. Which is probably laced with salmonella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I now have a sep- I have a different mouse hooked up, and I'm back to my show notes. What about? <clears throat> what do you think about uh, Orson's obsession over Andrew's rays? I think Orson's wrong. I think Orson's totally wrong. Andrew's been there longer. Uh huh. And I, you, you don't expect to start a new job and make equal. To what the people who've been there from the beginning make. Right. You know, Andrew's been there from the beginning. He helped get this whole thing started. Andrew runs the place. Andrew runs the place. I mean, seriously. I mean, Andrew orders extra tables because the Chamber of Commerce does this all the time. Right. You know, um, he counts the goblets to, to make sure they have the right number. Andrew is running the place. Exactly. He... Hands down. Hands down. And I just totally lost any respect I had regained for Orson when he stole Andrew's pen. Oh, yeah. That oh, was... he slid it right in his pocket. Although I thought he was going to mess with his job. Yeah. I thought he was going to mess with that form. Yeah. Or, yeah, he, that he was going yeah. to... You Make know, it look like Andrew made a mistake. Made big mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have t- truly sucked. Although I don't understand. And, and, and again, this is the writing for me. It didn't. It didn't make any logical sense for him to take the pen. I mean, I mean, does Orson really want the pen that bad? And is he really upset with Andrew? I mean, is it? I mean, is it, he's not. I think he's upset with Bree, but he doesn't. But why have, take? The, that's what I'm saying. Why yeah. take the pen? The, taking the pen was a that was written to the story. I think. It, I think maybe showing him having him make a mistake and and Orson kind of orchestrating that. I think that would have been a better plot line than him than taking the pen. The, the pen. taking the pen did not work for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem in character for right. for for Orson at all, and it it makes no it makes no logical sense whatsoever. Right. So the the take that that was stupid. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah. So that that's just my thought and feeling on that one. Although um, <laughs> I I do want to just address one thing that I think was you know Bree as far as I'm concerned. She can, she, there were, there are plenty of things that she could do to stick up for that situation for, for the reason why, he, <clears throat> excuse me, for the reason why she would give him so much more of, of a, of a pay right. than Orson. But this, uh, the cost of living increase, that, that's some thin ice to skate that on right there. That is thin ice considering he only has the cost of living increase because she bought him a house. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I understand you there, but Orson has no, he really has nothing to stand on with his claim. He's just, he's an employee. Yeah. He's only- not a partner. He's not a, 
He only got hired because he manipulated his wife, gave her an ultimatum. Yeah. I yeah, I'm done with him. Well, the only thing that I think he has to stand on is is that, you know, as husband and wife, we you and I both agree and talk about the fact of being, you know, one and that 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 there should probably be a little bit more communication in their marriage. About Even as in regards to her business? Yeah. That she started? Yeah, I mean While he was in prison. Oh, okay. So I understand. So you and I both agree on Family from the Heart over at familyfromtheheart.com, by the way, uh, that that it's you, you shouldn't have separate bank accounts. It's it's not what's his. Baby, you go to prison. We're going to split some things. There's going to be a little division here until there's some trust gained back. <laughs> yeah. You've never brought that up on Family from the Heart before. Hmm, babe, what do you think? What would happen to our marriage? How would our oneness be if I went to prison? Not so much. (laughs) You are cracking me up. Why? I have no idea. Okay, that's nice to know. I'm funny for no reason today. (laughs) What about Carlos and Gabby? (laughs) My favorite part in this entire episode was when Gabby said she wasn't enjoying her bracelet as much as she thought she would. Yes. She sold out. She sold out. She sold out. And she knows it. Her price is $30,000. Yeah. No, I think she would have kept going higher. In the chat room, somebody (laughs) says, Steph Steph should have a Cliff goes to prison slush fund. If Cliff goes to prison (laughs) slush fund. Nice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, yeah, Carlos and Gabby, the whole story, that, that was a, it was a neat storyline. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Gabby just can't. He, she she, she just, can't pick a side to be on, can she? Does yeah. she want to be the, the, you know, snobby, over-the-top rich lady? Or does she want to be the person that, that we've really fallen in love with over yeah. the last, you know? Yeah, well, I, th- I think First they're, I think they're the showing season. she clearly is the new Gabby because I think so. the old Gabby prior to having her own kids, when she would have heard the news of, you know, so-and-so is pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, that blah, 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 she she wouldn't have cared. Right. But she does care now. And the fact that, like you said, she doesn't enjoy it as much as she thought she would, mm-hmm. that shows that she has somebody new. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably we'll see that she... We'll find a way of getting that information out to the or, wife, or if maybe not the information, at least trying to to. Uh, Is that her place to be, tell her though? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. No. She, maybe she'll okay. try to be a catalyst for okay. some change in their marriage. Okay, does that make sense mm-hmm. in, in a good way? In a, in a way that doesn't betray her her okay husband's um, bonus <laughs> blackmail <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you think about Gar- Car- uh, Carlos having such a heart these days? Do you, he's do you just think his soft time- and mushy. <clears throat> do you think that I mean he, that maybe jail did him good? That that he's been reformed. Do you think that was jail, or do you? I, I don't think that was jail. I think that was his blindness. That, you think that's that has what it humbled was? him? Yeah. Okay. I do. I think that he, um, pardon the phrasing, but he sees the world differently now. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's. It's it's different for him now. Right. Um, what I don't like and that I hope they, they work on is that the two of them being 
on um, such different sides of the spectrum with him always being, you know, Mr. Humble, I want to do it right. And her teetering back and forth. It's just getting annoying. Yeah. To me. No, I get you. Okay. But that's only because I really want to see the humbled Gabby. Right. What are you looking at now? I'm pulling up the thing because I, I just remembered now that I have my mouse back that I wanted to go back to the Terry Hatcher. You thing. wanted to go back to yes, I remember. So so it, <coughs> here here's what I wanted to say about that. Um, Terry Hatcher, of course, with her being Susan on the show, I'm not too happy with Susan's character, regardless of whatever redeeming qualities she may have. Her her character has just gotten quite a bit annoying. Okay, for me personally, I. I, I understand. Okay. However, I will say, and this isn't new information. This is this is old as old can get. Um, but there is, she is a part of something that I just want to say, Terry Hatcher is awesome in her, um, not just in her acting ability, but her singing ability. She happens to actually do some leads, uh, lead vocals for a band called Band From TV, which was a band... For charity, now does she do that regularly, or uh-huh. she, did she just do well, it that one time? This, no, I mean, that I've seen. She she's she's okay. actually credited as being a lead vocals. I mean, oh, okay. I, they get together and uh, do charity events. So basically, okay. do you want to explain what uh, it was started by Greg Grun, Grunberg, right? Uh, which is uh, who is Parkman on Heroes and Weiss, um, formerly Weiss on on um, Alias and the pilot of Oceanic Eight Fifteen from Lost. From Lost. Um, whom we love. Yes. Uh, I, I really do love um, Greg as an actor. Not that I know him personally. <laughs> Started a band called... It's a band on TV, right? Band from TV. Band from TV. Which I used to think it was band, B-A-N-N-E-D. E-D? Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's B-A-N-D, band from TV. And it's just this assortment of, of actors and... Um, clearly actresses because Terry Hatcher has been that get together and and play in a band. That's right. And, and actually, they're really pretty good. <laughs> now as far as how often Terry does lead vocals, I'm not sure. Right. But um the guy who plays what's the actor's name that plays uh Mike Delfino? I have no idea. Oh, oh <laughs> why do you have to put me on the spot like that? I, I, I know, know his name too. But anyway, he plays uh guitar and does lead me. he does lead vocals for mm-hmm. this band as well. But anyway, I, I wanted to play just a little clip from uh, their appearance on American Idol Gives Back. I think it was last year. So here is a sample of Terry Hatcher singing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Terry Hatcher and Man from TV. She can't shoot whiskey Right now He's probably up behind her With a pool stick Showing her how to shoot a combo
Does she sound great? Yeah. She does. It's James Denton. I tell you, if you guys haven't been there, go to bandfromtv.org. B A N D from TV.org. Are you done? I'm sorry. I just really, I dig their music. It's I awesome. Know. In fact, uh, I'd love to play just another clip from somebody else. Okay. And uh, see who we got here. We've got. Uh, tell me what you're looking at. Well, I'm on. They did the, they did an appearance on TV. Um, I didn't know Adrian. What? They did an appearance on uh, the late night with um, the guy with the weird hair, Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> The guy with the weird hair. That's funny. Which some, my, you Jesus know, didn't. my little brother PJ. This is Spencer, I don't know. My him. little brother PJ says, "Cliff, you've been working too much." Bob Guinea plays with them. Do you hear I me? Didn't know that? Yeah. And I sit there. I says, "Why?" And I says, "You're starting to get a little gray patch up on top there." Starting. Got, he's, he says, "You got the Jay Leno thing going on." Good grief! I'm like, oh great. We're gonna have to start coloring your hair. I didn't know that Bob Guinea played with them. Who's Bob Guinea? He was on The Bachelor. Oh, okay. First he was on The Bachelorette, and she turned him down, and then he was The Bachelor. Okay. And of course, he didn't marry that girl. He married um, an um, an actress from All My Children, Rebecca right. Budding, whom I loved when I watched. I used to love All My Children. I've since given it up. And uh, anyway, so I didn't know that Bob played with them. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're a fan of the TV show House... Mm-hmm. Hugh Lowry plays Hugh Lowry with mm-hmm. plays the piano, and he and actually does lead vocals on this song that I'm about ready to play okay, for you. But and, go ahead. But um, Adrian, um, 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 how do you say his last name? Adrian who? He's he's Nathan on Heroes. His last okay. name is uh, it's escapes me. I don't know. Here, here's a little sound of uh, another song from band from TV. Got a song, ain't got no melody. Hey, hey, hey. And the, the the lead vocals, of course, is is house. Right. And the hey hey, that's Greg Grimberg in the background playing okay. the drums. And uh, the reason I want to play this is because um, Mike Delfino's character. What's his name again? James Denton. He's got a part coming up where he's going to do a little bit of lead vocal himself. Okay. In just a few minutes. That's the Bachelor guy, right? Mike Delfino's next. Don't they have a great sound? 
uh, Hugh Lowry is bopping what would be House's bad leg. Yes. <laughs> I got a song and ain't got no morrow. There he is. Stuff. You're funny. Oh man, I tell you, I could sit there. I think I probably want to get that DVD. All right. So banned from TV. Dot org, folks. Right. You need to go and check it out. And then if you go to the site, you'll see a section that says videos, and mm-hmm. you can you can see that. Plus, some Jesse other Spencer events. plays with them too. He's on that um, clip you just showed me. He plays Chase on House. Yeah, the guy that with the fiddle or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And or viol- uh, I don't know if it's a fiddle or violin, but it's one or the other. I think it's fiddle. Okay. Anyway. I, I just saw him on there. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know who that Very is. Very cool. So, so I just wanted to bring that up. I, I That's why I was, at the beginning, I, I when we were doing this show tonight, I wanted to share those things. That's why I was flipping out about not having my mouse, because I wanted to play <laughs> some music. Uh, now, now I feel better. So you back feel to, better now. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, this is the second episode back-to-back. Where they actually said economy, 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 economy. Yes. So I hope this doesn't become an ongoing trend where they just over, you know, thing. I mean, obviously they're they're gonna they're gonna mirror some of the things that are going on in real life and and things like that. And and I think it makes sense for them to do that, um, so that people can. I think one of the things that's cool about Desperate Housewives is the fact that people can somewhat relate to some of the storylines and stuff that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, even so, even though everything's quite a bit over the top, if you know what I'm saying. But Isn't everything on TV over the top? Yeah, for the most part. But the thing is, is that um, I hope they don't go into this every week. It sounds like Fox News, you know, it's like, right. today we're going to talk about how everybody is going to die because <laughs> the economy sucks. It's <laughs> but anyway, obviously, Carlos and Gabby, when they were at dinner, they talked about the economy. Tom and Lynette, obviously, talking about the economy as well, as far as the reason why they don't have uh, people coming into the restaurant to buy pizza and stuff like that. And, of course, let's go ahead and talk about... And then about, it was just packed full after he fired his staff? Well, I don't think it, it was Saturday night. So the other the other time when they didn't have any customers, I just it was don't just think a it, weeknight. Yeah, okay. I, I think people still come out on a Saturday night, but it, I, I I do see what they're saying is like you know you're just not going to be able to keep people coming in consistently, right? So Tom and Lynette, no customers. I loved the pretend customer bit. That was funny. I enjoyed that. You liked that? I did. I okay. thought it was funny. I, I I got a kick out of it. I liked when um he was giving his speech to Lynette and he said. Uh, something about being a failure. and yeah, then I'm they not also, going out like this. I'm not going to be a failure. And then they start laughing, and he's like, I hope they just... <laughs> please tell for, me somebody yeah. just walked by. Yeah, please tell me that was for a customer. That was kind of funny. So he let all the employees go, and he put the kids to work. What do you think about that? I think he's wrong. Okay. I do. Um, this This was his thing from the beginning. Right. This is what he wanted to do. He didn't... You know, He just expected... That everyone would support him in this, and and Lynette did. She quit her job to you know to work there and to help out, and she said it herself. I've I've supported you in this for seven years, and we can't lose everything. 
so right. that you can hold on to your dream. It's it's kind of like the same thing that we are right here, right now. We were talking um, the other day that, you know, right now the, the <clears throat> our business is still just a year new and, you know, and so we are expecting that, that finances are going to be rough and, you know, obviously there are issues with the economy. We get that. But if in five years <laughs> we're still not, you know, um, moving forward and making headway, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, babe, we gave it a try. Now you got to go get a real job <laughs> yeah. in my, in my air quotes, um, a our, job that, that a job that, that makes, our family would call a real job, a, a job that makes ends meet. Yes. You know, this is definitely a real job. It's just I know, one, it was, one that pays the bills. It was I prefer just a to, joke. I know, but okay. I, but, but joke sometimes five years in, if we're, if we're no better than we are now, yeah. then, then we gave it a good shot and That's it's right. time to move on. Right. And, and I think that, that, that is, I think that that is where Lynette's, coming from exactly and and i think so and i definitely <clears throat> i'm glad he finally woke up when he realized how, just how crazy it was making him mm-hmm. uh when things got a little physical there with his son and i mean i i, I want to just say though i know you despise tom and his character on the show i completely understand that i do not excuse him for anything at all mm-hmm. i don't even excuse him for what he did in this in this episode Though, can I tell you, I can somewhat understand what this man's going through in his mind as a as a husband, as a father, and as somebody who understands and feels the pressure of 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 being the one responsible for making hens meet and right. trying and and has he has he made tons of mistakes? Absolutely. Does the guy say and do some things that? Well, well, the truth is I do as well. You know, it's like, so I, I just want to say I understand the pressure that he's under mm-hmm. and just, I mean, I obviously he doesn't communicate well. He doesn't, he doesn't let out some of his frustrations maybe the way he should. But uh, I can tell you the pressure, the pressure that they showed there that, that he was under that led him to be that mm-hmm. way. That was not over the top. No. And that kid does need a beating. He does. In my, I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> only he needed he needed a little bit more um, hands on, not not physical, you know, right. beatings, but he needed a little bit more hands on attention from his father. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, exactly. Absolutely. Um, that I completely agree with. Yeah. I like the the one line. Said, "Listen, we're all going to love working together," and they said, "We, we don't, don't even, even like, like living, living together." together. That I get. Yeah. There are, um, you know, we've been talking recently about, um, I brought it up just about how I've, I've changed over the last, um, well, I don't even really know when it happened. Right. But I no longer have this dream to have this huge house and, you know, all this space I'm really, I'm really comfortable where, where we are. And although I would like a new house with a little bit more space, like one extra bedroom to, you know, for the child who can't find a place to fit in. Um, no, I said that wrong. Um, the girls share a room. So, you know, where I would like to, to have a little bit more space to to fix that problem. I no longer want this outlandishly, not that I ever wanted an outlandishly huge house, but 
but size is no longer really a matter, you know? Yes. And, um, and so it's just funny to think that, you know, we would still be living. Anyway, I don't even know where I started with that. I'm sorry. That's all right. I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> what the point was in that. It was the whole living together, the family closeness, the bonding mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's I what think. it is. Because I remember the rest of that conversation okay. we had. Yeah. All right. So I do want to say there was one line that was just so funny. This like they were <laughs> Porter and Preston were arguing over who was going to get one table. And it was not because of the tip. No, it was not, <laughs> which goes, I thought it would be. That's what we thought. And, and my favorite line, since I'm the only one who can serve this, serve this table without knocking something over with my, my pants. pants. It was funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was Hilarious. That was funny. My favorite Lynette line from this movie, though, or from this movie, from this show, <laughs> this episode, was when Tom says to her, but you said you'd be behind me 100%. She's like, really? That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I'm like, right on. So. All right. The only other thing I have in my notes, and you can make me stop the music if you want to, if you have some no. other stuff. It's just Dave. Now, it seems to me like they're finally going to to wrap things up, move it along. Get the so. story. It sounds like somebody's going camping. Yeah. And uh, somebody's packing some, some heat. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's packing a little extra utility devices yeah. there. I don't think it's for hunting. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just for safety reasons, just in case there's wild animals. You do. That could be. That's nice. <laughs> and so anyway. Don't uh, tell Catherine you're not going because, they, uh, because Mike really wants her to go. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Anyway. It has nothing to do with safety reasons. So uh, that's pretty much, uh, I guess we're going to find out, not next week, not the week after, and not even the week after, uh, maybe the, the week after that. Yeah, we're back on um, March, 8th, March 8th. Which is a way off. It's two weeks without. It's just two weeks. Okay. I mean, today's the 15th. Yeah, so we're going to, so. we won't be here for two weeks for the uh, Desperate Housewives fan podcast but we do certainly encourage you to check out weeklylostpodcast.com Grey's Anatomy fan pod or wait Grey's Anatomy podcast.com I think Um, everything's at gspn.tv that is the one place you can find everything you can find us all the stuff we do encourage you to check out familyfromtheheart.com we we just recently talked about some things like before you get married and the five threats to marital to oneness which actually I guess a sixth is prison time in prison is one of those threats <laughs> we're gonna have to do part two of that discussion so anyway and if you guys are wondering where the other episodes are it's been maybe two weeks since you've seen an episode of the desperate housewives fan podcast that's because we do release uh just about occasionally we release some episodes in the free feed for you guys out there who are not plus members but those who are plus members get episodes every single week that they do you can learn more about what stephanie and i are doing here our commitment to podcasting and us doing this full time over at gspn.tv slash about and we hope that you'll take just a few minutes of to listen to some of the testimonials over at gspn.tv slash plus and find out why people are plus members and we hope that you would join that group of people out there and uh that's all i have do you have anything else no all right. Check us out over at gspn.tv slash form if you want to leave some feedback for this episode in written form. Uh, there's a section for the Desperate Housewives 
TV show. You can talk with others about what's going on in the show. But also, you can give us a call and leave us voicemails 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for any of our shows. Area code 859-795-4067. And Stephanie, until next time, join, join the, the community. community. That's all. You were off. I was off. Try it again. Okay. Until next time, join, join the, the community. community. Yeah. That was better. Maybe. <laughs>